Thanks, Samantha. Good morning. Good Good to see all of you on this beautiful Mother's Day. No, I do not want to do a software update right now. (laughs) All right. Well, as Samantha said, I'm going to continue our series that we've been in called Empowered. And uh, we're going to look this week at the topic. Uh, This whole series has been about the work and person and presence of the Holy Spirit and how he comes and empowers us as believers to do the works and continue the ministry of Jesus. And so as we looked last week at Holy Spirit as the revealer, as someone who is revealing the Father, revealing his will, uh, empowering us to move out of chaos and confusion towards the will of the Father for our lives, we're going to look this week at the Holy Spirit as healer. And we're going to kind of take a quick deep dive into the topic of healing and then understand how we can participate uh, with the Holy Spirit. We mentioned even last week already this idea of doing what the Father is doing, seeing what the Father is seeing, because we as believers are invited and encouraged to partner with Jesus in the work that he's doing. And the same is true when it comes to the topic of healing. Uh, We don't do any healing in our own power. I don't have like a magic spell or some special gift, but the Holy Spirit can empower us to participate in the work that the Father is doing when it comes to the topic of healing. I want to do a little bit of, of background work and give us a foundation for where we're going because there is a lot of teaching and thoughts and variety of, of ways that you might relate to these things. So let me, uh, if you will, this might be a little more uh, a precious a sermon similar to this uh, at, at a church in North Carolina one time, and the guy said, I felt like I just went to school. Like, that's not, you know, like, so, but if you give me a little latitude, I just want to try to lay a really strong foundation this morning, and then we'll get more practical um, as we go. So I want to start by establishing um, healing in the New Testament. Healing actually happens all throughout the Bible. It's not that it's not in the Old Testament, but we're going to focus this morning on healing in the New Testament. And I want to read you just a couple of statements A lot of the materials that I'm using this morning um, are based out of John Wimber's 1985 Healing Seminar. And so it's some great source material for familiar uh, with John. He was the early leader of the Vineyard Movement, really a dynamic leader and and, uh, has a lot to do with the way that uh, God grew us from a handful of churches in Southern California to now the several thousand vineyard churches around the world over the last 40 years. So this is the opening statement in John's seminar. The number of healings of individuals recorded in the Old Testament does not compare with the considerable number detailed in the New Testament. During his three-year ministry, Jesus healed many times more the number that were healed during the preceding 2,000 years. Did you catch that? Three-year period of Jesus' ministry more people were healed, and that it w- that was recorded at least during, as compared to the previous two thousand years. This helps us understand: with the coming of the Messiah, there was a gushing forth of the mercies of God. We see in the coming of Jesus, the kingdom of God came with great power to confront and overcome sickness, sin, death, 
and the devil. As we begin last week, trying to set this series up, all of these things that we're talking about, being empowered in, all come through this idea of the kingdom of God. This is not uh, about the holy man. In other words, it doesn't come through me as the pastor or any of our other pastors or leaders. What we're desiring towards and what we're asking for is for the kingdom to come near. We have defined this previously, but I thought it was good to look at it. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we're not talking about a place. We're talking about the dynamic rule and reign of God. So in other words, anywhere that his rule and reign is being expressed, which primarily happens in the hearts of men and women on the earth, right? So as we yield ourselves to the way God is leading us, as we say yes to him, as we partner with him to uh, try and live out this life based on the things that we believe, as we do that, we can begin to enter into the kingdom. Now, it goes beyond that, because that might not be a stretch for most of us. We think of the rain. Well, yeah, Matthew, I get that. As a believer, I'm supposed to follow the rules. I'm supposed to pray. I'm supposed to come to church, you know, sort of check all the boxes of things that good Christians do, and therefore I'm, I'm living my life under the reign and rule of God. Well, I'm not saying that those things are totally wrong. They are probably things that are good to do. But when we talk about the dynamic rule and reign of God, we're also talking about his will being expressed. So we have to think about this in terms of understanding what does the kingdom look like. If you'll go ahead and throw that chart up, Joseph. Some of you have seen this. This is a, sort of an, a way of illustrating the principle of what we're talking about when we think about the kingdom of God. Because there is also the kingdom of darkness. And we've told you before, we live, our, our, where we presently live in the grand scope of all time, is in this tension between two ages, if you will, or two kingdoms. And so you see the orange line there at the bottom represents the age of darkness. We know in the creation story in Genesis, uh, the serpent tempted Adam and Eve, and that story is known as the fall, and that kind of introduced sin and sickness and disease and strife and heartache and the list goes on and on and on to our world and that age continues until jesus kind of comes back and settles all things but when jesus came the first time he came and actually initiated the kingdom of light and we now live in this age of these two kingdoms overlapping because the Bible would tell us that the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God has come, but it's not yet consummated. In other words, it is coming, and so we get tastes of it. We get glimpses of it. This is We're going to connect this to healing here in a minute. But, but we need to recognize this basic framework that this is the, the time in which we live. And so if we could fast forward to the other end, we talked about where we started in the fall and those things were introduced. If we fast forward to the end of all time, which I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of hard to think about. We think about, uh, as Christians, we believe in, in the state of heaven. And that represents the reality of perfection in God. In, we know uh, from what we read in the scriptures and, and various things that in heaven, all things are set to right. 
There is no sickness there. There is no disease there. All of the things that were introduced in the fall no longer exist when we, when we pass away and, and go to heaven. And because what that is, is it's actually connected back to the beginning. Prior to the fall in the garden, God created his creation, which we now enjoy, originally in a state of perfection. When Adam and Eve walked in the garden, everything was set to right. There, there was none of the things that we currently deal with. And so God's entire plan for human creation has been to bring us back to that reality, to bring us back to the creation that he intended. And part of that is dealing with what was introduced at the fall. It dealing with the works of the devil, the effects of sin, and basically the things that messed everything up. And he started, initiated that process when he came and died on the cross. The story that we explored at Easter was the initiation. Jesus coming back to earth and saying, the king is kinging again. I'm stepping into your place to accomplish something you couldn't accomplish on your own, not just strictly to pay a penalty for something you did wrong, but to initiate a process of bringing the reality of the kingdom of heaven back to its rightful place so that it's expressed on the earth and in our lives and we can participate in it. Um, so that we don't spend too much time here, um, I just made a list here um, and you can write these down. We'll leave them up on the screen for a minute. Several scriptures that you can reference that sort of talk about this idea of, of there being uh, a kingdom and the ages. And so we see in Mark 1.15, if you go and read that, the kingdom is near. Matthew 20, 12, 28, the kingdom has arrived. Luke 17, 21, the kingdom is among you, or he could say within you. 1 Corinthians 10, 11, the fulfillment of the age. And then Hebrews 6, 5, we have tasted of the powers of the age to come. All of these, I'd encourage you to, to dig in if you're interested for more, uh, will help point to these realities. But it's important that we start with this framework, right? This will help us have a correct understanding when we look at the topic of healing. If we have just a basic framework of what's going on here as it relates to the kingdom. Now, healing is a lot of different things, but here's where I want to start. Healing is total wholeness of the person and their environment. If we're thinking about this in terms of kingdom, in terms of the garden and the future state of, of heaven, what we're saying when we're talking about healing is total wholeness of the person and their environment. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, we most naturally grasp when we think of healing, we think of physical healing. You know, something's broke and it gets unbroke or something hurts and it stops hurting. And that's very much true, but I want to have a more holistic view in that it's, it's complete wholeness. So it's not just, uh, you know, physical uh, abnormalities corrected, but it's emotional healing. It's the scars from wounds of traumatic situations uh, being healed. It's uh, mental stability. It's, it's, it's any part of you as a person that is not set to right, that is not fully aligned with the reality of the kingdom of heaven. Now, as I list that, you're thinking, you know, well, yeah, there's probably a lot of things that fall in that category. And they're not like if you're like me, like I, I have 
I have things that are not set to right. So we understand that this is, we're not in that eventual state of perfection, right? But this is what healing is, is we're reaching forward to that future reality and, and we're getting a taste in the now. We know that if we endure to the end and we meet Jesus in heaven, all things will be made new. All things will be made right. All things will be healed. Uh, all strife and all that will be dealt with completely and ultimately. But what Jesus came and initiated is the kingdom's actually coming now. It's not fully here, but it's coming. It actually has arrived in a sense. And so when we're relating this to the concept of healing, that's what we're talking about. Is we're, we're asking for a taste. We're pulling that reality into the now. In the age to come, again, if we fast forward, we shall be completely whole and in a newly created environment. See, again, it's not just about uh, my physical being and even my mental and emotional state. It's also my environment. It's also the things around me. If we will look briefly... At Revelation 21, verse 4, and I encourage you to go back and read more, but verse 4 it says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more sorrow, no more death, sorry, or sorrow, or crying, or pain. All these things are gone forever. Like, that's, that's a pretty finite statement. Not, not that there, you know, because this is how we deal with things sometimes here. It's like we can can encounter a painful situation and we can insulate ourselves from it or we can run away from it like that that fight or flight response like we can do those things but that's not really dealing with it that's not actually saying that it's gone forever and this is the encouragement here is that there is a point in time when the kingdom is fully consummated that these things will be gone forever we won't deal with them anymore but the good news is that we also don't have to just wait until someday when that gets done we can experience that to a degree now i really like this definition uh when we talk about healing we can derive that from the word you've heard us talk about before this word sozo which can also be used for salvation saved healed delivered there's a lot wrapped up in that but i like the way in john's seminar he paraphrased the basic meaning of this as this, and I'll have this on the screen for you, saved out from under the devil's power and restored into the wholeness of God's order and well-being by the power of God's Spirit. This is what we're talking about. It's, it's not simplistic. It's whole. It, 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 it is the complete person, the complete environment and this is what we're actually invited into saved from under the devil's power and restored to wholeness of god's order and well-being by the power of the spirit now don't miss that last phrase again it's by the power of the spirit and we're going to get to again the practical application of how do we partner with the holy spirit in this stuff but it's important to realize it is by his power it is his work it is his doing it's not of our own effort, but we get the high privilege of participating. Healings in this sort of all-inclusive sense 
are signs of the presence and the power of God's kingdom. I want to look at a couple more things um, to more fully give you a picture of this before we get really practical. The next thing is healing is deliverance from demonic power and influence. So again, this kind of goes more to that environment piece and things that might be affecting you, not just your person, but we would recognize, and you know, we don't maybe talk about the devil, the enemy, a whole lot, because he's not really worthy of a lot of attention, in my opinion. But we do need to talk about him just enough that we can get the crosshairs on him and be aware of his devices um, and, and just not be ignorant. And so it's important to understand that part of what's available in the kingdom and what we're moving towards with this idea of healing is that there are spiritual forces in the world that uh, are evil and that are seeking to accomplish the will of their leader, devil, who is a, a fallen angel, and, and his purpose is to steal, kill, destroy, to manipulate, to deceive, uh, to do all of those sorts of things. You probably don't have to stretch your imagination real far to, to understand what we're talking about. And healing is also deliverance from the influence and power of those things. And it's important that we understand that. Another way that we can participate, uh, if we go to 1 John 3, just look at the second part of verse 8. It says, the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. This is going back again to that time when Jesus came and initiated this process, be sort of announced the kingdom of God has arrived. And he said this was one of his purposes, was to destroy the works of the devil. Now, I like to think of this, that uh, this is one of those areas that we're invited to participate in. If that was one of the sort of impetus of Jesus' ministry in that three-year period where he ministered here on the earth, as we've told you before, we're called to actually continue the ministry that he started. So therefore, this is also our assignment to destroy the works of the devil. That means participating with the Holy Spirit in healing. Um, but sometimes it also means uh, operating in forgiveness. Forgiveness can help destroy the works of the devil, even if it's unearned. Uh if I have a, 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 an issue with somebody because they have offended me or done something negative against me, we would naturally think, well, I have the right to be angry about that and I have the right to vengeance against them because of that. Because they broke the rules, they sinned against me. And now, don't hear what I'm saying that you have to sort of lay down and, and be a doormat. That, that's, that's not the point here. It, it's okay to have healthy boundaries. Uh, it's okay to have conversations. And, and I, I, don't, don't take it that direction. But there's also an opportunity to operate from a different kingdom and extend forgiveness even when it's undeserved because that's actually a means of healing. It's actually a means of showing grace of extending what Jesus has given to us in a way that can be healing for you, but also can potentially be healing for the person. And that's part of our assignment, is to go about 
doing those things which destroy the works of the devil. How many of you have experienced this where in the midst of an argument or a disagreement, you sort of stop and you recognize, okay, you know, I mean, I'm just going to relate it to me. Yeah, those last few words I said, that's not operating out of the kingdom of light. That's like that's coming from another place. That's coming from my own selfish desires or my feelings or my need to be right. And but what what I want you to focus on that happens, or at least it's been true for me, is that when I can stop long enough to recognize that and verbalize it and and apologize for my actions, but also offer forgiveness for whatever the person across from me has done. So, you know. And again, that's what I'm saying. Like, we can be honest. Hey, that thing you said, that really hurt. I, I, I didn't like that. That that didn't make me feel like it's okay to verbalize what you're feeling. But then also recognize that person only did that thing or said that thing uh, because they weren't all operating in that way either. They weren't operating fully out of the kingdom of light. It may be from a wound that they had. It may, there's a number of different places it can come from, but my point is to extend forgiveness. But, and and my, what I want to focus on is, if you can relate, when I have done that, I have seen the person on the other side of the interaction from me who is just absolutely, you know, riddled with anger. You know, the conversation is not going anywhere. It's, it's a fight. And when I've managed to, and I, I, I mean, I don't do this perfectly, and sometimes the other person does it, you know, whatever. But when I manage to do that, when I manage to pause and look at that person, how many times does that immediately disarm all of that? And it doesn't mean that it's, it's earned or deserved. It's, and it's not saying, oh, you didn't do that thing. I'm going to pretend, I'm going to stuff it back and pretend like you didn't do that. No, because here's the truth. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to extend forgiveness. Our flesh is fighting against us. Those feelings and those rights and those needs and desires are, are fighting against us because they're influenced by those demonic powers. I know sometimes when we, when we talk about demonic things, you know, we get pictures of, you know, a girl with her head spinning around and like ugly picture, like, you know, the extreme Hollywood version. And... I think sometimes we fail to recognize, no, it's actually in much more subtle ways most of the time. It's in that thought that gets whispered, well, you know, they didn't really mean that. You're, you're, you're still, you know, those kind of little thoughts, that's, that's an expression of the powers of, of evil and darkness trying to deceive you, trying to drive wedges in relationships and, and trying to do things to harm you and harm those that you love. And what I have found is it sometimes most helpful to just stop. Don't, don't rationalize. Don't analyze. Just stop. Jesus, you're in me. And Jesus, you're in the person I'm talking to. Would you come and help us walk in forgiveness? Now, what I have found is it doesn't eliminate the need to deal with whatever the issue is, but we're able to deal with it from a place of peace from a place of forgiveness and understanding without blame shifting. That's actually an expression of healing. That's actually an expression of that future reality where there is no strife, where there is no, oh, misunderstanding. You know, we just talked right past each other. 
That, that doesn't exist there. And so what we're saying is, Jesus, you're in me. Would you help bring that future reality into this moment? I mean, I, I know I keep like, this is what I'm, I'm picturing. And hopefully it's helping you paint a picture. It's like, if it's over here, can we just reach up and, and grab a piece of that and, and bring that to it? Because I really need it right now. I, I don't know what else to do. You know, if I'm just going to go on my feelings and, and my, my analytical thoughts, this isn't going to end well. I'm, I, might, I might do damage that's really difficult to repair in this relationship, but if I can just bring a piece of that future reality into this moment, there, there'll be some measure of healing. I don't think we often think about healing in, in that context, but this is very much a part of it. Healing is deliverance from demonic power and influence. Healing is growing in the community of the kingdom. Healing is growing in the community of the kingdom. One of the things that John proposes in his seminar is that the perfect fusing together, and pay attention to the language, the perfect fusing together of all God's people into one worshiping family around the Father in the kingdom of God will be the ultimate healing. I know this, this, I mean, I can be a little bit of a, you know, a, a hippie. I wasn't alive in that time period, but I can relate. Like, I'm, I'm a beach person. You know, I can live in Hawaiian shirt and flip-flops 24-7 like that would be fine with me. You know, but that's the picture that get like, we look at our society, and our society is, is just rife, full of, of emotional distress, of relational uh, problems of divisions of every shape, color, and kind. And what, what John is saying here and what I think Jesus is inviting us into is, again, thinking of that context, that won't be the case in that future reality. All people will be united. And, and what are we uniting around? Our worship of the Father. All of these things that we fight about and that we... Uh, you know, beat each other up over are our secondary things. They're, so, so I like to say, as a church community, I want us to be known for what we're for more than what we're against, right? Now, there are things we're against. You know, we're, we're not for murdering each other. You know, what, I pick anything, from the t- like, we're against those things, Right? But I don't want to primarily be known as people that go around pointing out all the things that we're against and that being our identity. I want us to be primarily known as what we're for. And, and, and this is a picture of that at a societal level. We're for harmony and peace. And, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not making fun. Like that, that really is, like, wouldn't we love that? Wouldn't we love that reality to actually be present in our society? Well, here, here's the, the secret, friends. We're actually empowered to be part of the change to make that happen. We can actually see glimpses of that reality come into the present moment. By choosing to follow the Spirit, by choosing to sometimes set aside our opinions and our rights and be willing to be the light, to express the kingdom, to bring healing to society by the way that we act and behave and by the way, we bring healing and light to relationships, to conversations, and by setting our, our personal things aside sometimes. I'm not saying you can't pursue them. 
But part of bringing the kingdom is, is setting my things aside and being the light. As we read from Isaiah several weeks ago, our job is to arise, shine. The light has come, so we need to go, be that light. We need to carry that light into the kingdom. Contentment and involvement in a community that acknowledges Jesus and experiences the reign of Christ is imperative for healing. Now, what are we talking about here? Well, we've often said amongst our leaders and volunteers, like we want our church, both as the group of people and even the facility that we meet in, we want to be a place of healing. We want to be a place where not only are people welcome to come and participate, but simply by participating in the community, there's access to a level of healing. In other words, we want to be the kind of people united around our love for Jesus and experiencing the things that we're talking about. So again, it's not just talking about it. Like we don't want to just say, well, we know the verses. We know, we know where it is in the book and we know some good stories. We want to actually be experiencing it as a community so that as others come into the community, they begin to recognize, I think there's something a little different here. I think there's, I don't know. And, and many of you have stories like this of, of finding some measure of healing in your life in the context of being in a community like this, whether it's actually this one or, or in previous times. But this is part of what we're talking about. It's, it's imperative for healing. In other words, this is not a solo sport. We need each other. Uh, Jesus can meet you sovereignly. I, I've, I know numbers of stories of, of folks that were, were healed of physical things just sovereignly, just woke up one morning and the thing that was wrong with him yesterday isn't wrong anymore. It happens, and I thank God for it. But I know far more stories of folks that got into a community of people that were united around their love for Jesus and were caring and encouraging to each other and willing to pray for each other and walk out life together and experienced varying degrees of healing in that context. I think it's much more common. We need each other. We need to, to do life together because going back to that picture of you know what it's like out there in our everyday world with what we all deal with you know every day of the week, it's hard. It's hard, and it's really hard to do it alone. It's really hard to not get discouraged. I hope to give you tools to be able to encourage yourself, but when you don't manage to do that, I don't manage to do that all the time, we have a community. And so when you're down, we can pick you up and help you carry you. And, and, and then the roles shift, but we need community. The health of the part contributes to the health of the whole and vice versa. This is the other, I guess you could say, benefit of, of doing this stuff in community. A rising tide raises all boats. So I might be in the community, and I might have a really serious need, and I might not see it being met yet. But yet, I see another person in the community getting healed. And I can actually celebrate that even while holding with an open... Okay, God, I, I still have this thing I'm needing. But, but what I'm saying is being in the environment of seeing God do something else actually helps your heart, actually helps you 
continue to believe because this is the truth. If you're all alone, if you're isolated and you have that situation, and, and we're going to get to, I have a little tidbit at the end to talk about, you know, like about healing. Is it immediate? What happens when we, we'll, we'll kind of get to some of those uh, frequently asked questions. Okay. But just stay with me for now. You know, when, when you're dealing with that situation, maybe you've got a chronic condition or, or a recurring condition or a long-standing illness, you know, and, and you're, you're saying, Jesus, I, I, I believe that it's possible. I, I believe in healing. I've maybe even seen it some, but I, I'm still dealing with whatever this is. If you're isolated and alone, it is nearly impossible to walk life out holding that thing and not get just discouraged and down and stop believing. It's just, it's nearly impossible. But in the context of community and seeing, because God is always doing something. He is always moving. He is always ready and willing. And we're just trying to figure out how do we enter in? How do, how do we get to that? How, how, do we, how do we get a hold of that and bring it into now? Because here's a, a, a very broad statement. If there's something in your life that needs healing and you've not experienced it yet, it's not, and I can't be more emphatic here, it's not because of God's unwillingness. It's not that he hasn't decided to help yet, but it's this battle, going back to the chart. It's this tension, this back and forth between light and darkness. There are things that get in the way. And it's that we're still learning. We're figuring out how do we untangle things? How do we... Pull the kingdom into now. How do we be holistic? Sometimes, I've seen numerous times, and maybe we don't understand this as well in our Western culture, but sometimes a physical thing is not healed yet because there might be uh, some sort of traumatic emotional wound that actually needs to be healed first. Sometimes that's the case. And we need the help of the Holy Spirit to figure those things out. Because it's not always obvious to us. We're still learning and growing and figuring this out. But we need the help of the Holy Spirit to do that. Last one uh, before we uh, get practical. Healing is reigning in life through Christ. Healing is reigning in life through Christ. The process of healing in the kingdom is total restoration. Not only out of sickness and need, but into the reign of God now. When we pray that prayer, your will on earth as it is in heaven. See, this is not just about eradicating the negative things. It's not about just getting rid of those. It's actually entering into the fullness of the good that Jesus has for us. It's entering into his reign now because if you don't uh, already understand this, this is what Jesus is about. There's all these things that we have to deal with, but what he's aiming at is not just, you know, all right, everybody's not sick anymore. We're good. Let's go home. No, he's actually aiming towards that, again, that reality. You can look on either end of the spectrum. Perfect, stress-free, intimate communion with him where he's actually leading us where we walk with him daily where it's easy to talk to him am, am i talking to him? like it's not always easy to talk to him right like prayer can be hard 
But can you imagine with me what it must have been like for Adam and Eve to said he he they walked with him in the cool of the garden like they spoke freely i, I get the picture i'm pretty confident here there w- it wasn't difficult it it was just like you know within an arm's reach he was right there he was available just the same as i'm talking to you now you could just talk to him and and so if they had a question they could just ask like whatever it was they were dealing with they were walking with that's what we're moving towards, friends. Healing is, 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 is that. It's not just eradicating the works of the devil, but it's moving into the reign and the reality of our good Father. All right, let me switch gears for just a minute because I know whenever we talk about this topic, there's always a number of things that pop up. And I'm basically going to just give you a few kind of statements, and then I would encourage you, um, to have conversations. If, if you're struggling with one of these, uh, I have different books I could give you. I'd be glad to buy you a cup of coffee and talk about it. Because um, these can be stumbling blocks, right? Um, but I thought I wanted to at least touch them this morning. These are kind of our FAQs, our frequently asked questions. And there's probably others. And if there are, you know, write them on a Connect card or, or send me a text. I'd be glad to talk about it. Um, the first one is, does everyone get healed? Well, I mean... We all probably know the answer to that, right? No. We don't, we don't all get healed. Um, but there's a couple things that I want to look at. First of all, there's, I can give you scripture references in Matthew, Mark, and Luke to substantiate. Jesus healed all who came to him. So, so what I'm trying to paint a picture is, here is we know uh, every time we pray for somebody, they don't necessarily get healed. And, and the next one is, you know, will this healing happen immediately? We'll talk about that in a second. But what I want to make clear to you is we know it's our reality that everyone doesn't get healed because we're not all healed, right? Like, I mean, I, I, still, I have struggled. I don't stand up here before you saying, well, I am, and the rest of you all need to get your stuff in order. No, I still deal with stuff every week. I take blood pressure medication. I have went to the chiropractor for three months for something. You know, like, there, there are things. So I don't want to paint an unrealistic picture. But I've also experienced where God has supernaturally and instantaneously healed something that was wrong. Like I, I have experienced that on my own. My wife has. I know numbers of you have. So, so that's reality. Not all are healed, although our desire, and I would add God's desire, is for all to be healed. So in other words, what the, the, the thought, that, and I, maybe there's more to this question in your mind, but the point that I want to make is when healing is not experienced, it, it's the problem's not on God's end. Okay? His, his mind is made up. He is willing to heal. He is desiring to heal. And there are a number of things that can get in the way, but it's not him just saying, no, not that one. I'm not in the mood this time. No. Okay? Does healing happen immediately? Well, we, again, probably know this from experience. No, it doesn't always happen immediately. Now, again, I want to contrast this. If you read uh, the first chapter of Mark, the second half, most healings recorded in the New Testament did happen immediately. So there is precedent that we can expect that. We can't make it a rule. We can't say, well, you weren't healed instantaneously, so therefore you're not getting any healing. Well, no, we, we can't say that. But but see this tension I'm trying to create. We, we can expect 
We, we can ask, we can hope, we can desire for that. Uh, also, I get this a lot. You know, well, why do we sometimes pray multiple times? Well, because we're still learning and growing. Jesus, as we would read here in Mark 8, Jesus prayed twice for a blind man after he saw men as trees. So in other words, he got like a little bit of healing. It wasn't all the way. And so Jesus prayed again. So we follow that model. If you've been around prayer ministry here, you know, sometimes we'll pray. Okay, how, how's it doing? Well, it's a, you know, it's a 20% improvement, but it's not. All right, well, let's pray again. That's totally valid. Like Jesus did it. If Jesus is, you know, being the son of God, like God Almighty, if he has to pray more than once, then I don't feel so bad if I have to go, you know, and, that, and sometimes I'm three or four times. You never know. Um, sometimes physical healings are also progressive. This is what I was talking about earlier about uh, emotional and other needs maybe need to be met first. All right. So what about medicine? Uh, if you've been around Vineyard very long, I don't have to say a lot about this. It is not wrong to use medicine. We are not anti-medicine uh, or the medical profession. Uh, what I would say about it is that God is the source of healing, but he uses various means. Okay? So, so I just don't want you to take anything I'm saying to be in conflict. I mean, I just told you. I, I take daily medication. I use medical providers. Uh, and God, God bless them. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for those in our community that, that operate in that role. Um, what about dying? Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but, you know, some people can get the idea when we talk about this, you know, uh, if you take it too far, well, then, then why, why do people die? Why don't we just all live forever? Well, it's a message for another time. We do live forever in our spirit. Like if we're with Jesus, you know, our physical bodies will pass away someday. But we need to accept that there is a time, you know, our, our human existence is, is limited. And it is appointed a time to die. We know that from Ecclesiastes and Hebrews and other places. And we can't control that process. But what I want to point out to you, this is what always comes up. You know, so there's a level of mystery there. We can't control it. Uh, it happens to most of us. Um, but you don't have to die before your time. Now, you hear me say, oh, well, but people, yes, they do, because God's will is not always perfectly expressed. Like, it, it happened. My, my, I, I could tell you the story. My personal best friend uh, died in a tragic car accident, you know, weeks before her 21st birthday. Was that her time? No. I think that was an expression of the kingdom of darkness, stealing, killing, and destroying that which God said was good. Okay? But... We don't have to. In other words, it's possible to, to, to push back on that. And that same battle between light and darkness, um, that doesn't have to be the case. Jesus also has control over death in that he can raise the dead. Now, again, there could be a whole other message here. We're not going to go there right now. Um, but sickness doesn't have to be the cause of death because Jesus can actually raise the dead. Therefore, we need to be aware when a sickness uh, is leading that direction, we can pray into it. We can have an expectation. But we need to have the help of the Holy Spirit to discern. You know, is this a person's time and do we need to minister just comfort and peace? Or is this an expression of the kingdom of darkness, in which case we have every right to invite the kingdom of heaven into that reality with expectation, with hope, and with the help of the Holy Spirit. 
last one, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm opening all kinds of cans of worms, and it might take us six weeks to, to clean up all the mess. Our suffering and sickness from God. Now, if you've heard me preach more than twice, you probably know the answer to this. Sickness and suffering in the Christian life are not supposed to be synonymous. What do I mean by that? Well, we read a lot about suffering in the scriptures. And, and I tell you, as a believer, it's not, you're not signing up for an easy life. There, there will be suffering. There will be difficulties. But I think a careful study of scripture would show us that that suffering is not synonymous with sickness. There's no indication in scripture that that suffering means and includes sickness. And part of my basis for that is we don't see any recorded stories where Jesus himself was sick. I mean, he dealt with temptation, he dealt with a lot of different things, but he wasn't sick, even though he suffered persecution. So he's not immune to suffering, but he wasn't sick. Now, again, don't take that, oh, well, you know, if I'm sick, then I'm not, I'm not operating right in the club. No, no, it's not, it's, don't take this as condemnation. Unless uh, the curse of sin in the world results in all the things that we already named, constant war famine disease sickness strife death like because we're in that battle right sometimes the effects of sin are present uh, generationally there's all different kinds of reasons why something can be present but my point is god is not the author of those things we have to understand what like which which team run he is light he is goodness now, he is actually good enough to use, even when those negative things happen, he can still work. He can still teach us things. He can still move us in the right direction. But he is not the author of those things. All right. Are your heads ready to explode? Like, is that, is that enough? I, I know it's probably like, like uh, what the analogy we use, drinking from a fire hose. Uh, I'm not saying that it's that good, but it's just like, I, I get it's a lot of information. But... We only gave ourselves one week for this talk. All right. I want to end with this. God gives us the gift. Go ahead and throw this up on the screen. God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit who brings the dynamic power of the kingdom into our lives so that we can become whole people, demonstrating the life of the future in the present and thus bringing kingdom healing to all those around us. This is the invitation. I'm not painting a picture that, you know, as a result of my words to you here today, uh, everything's going to be right when you walk out the door today. Sorry, I wish. Some of you might have a dead battery in the parking lot. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. If you do, I have jumper cables. But... <laughs> But the invitation, this is, this is where I, I, I want to leave us with this really practical, because this is, I know it's like, you didn't talk about the Holy Spirit much for it being a Holy Spirit series, but he's required for all of this. He is the one who will help us find the kingdom. He will help guide us that direction. When we feel like we're grasping around in the dark trying to get a hold of it, the Holy Spirit in you is the one that will help you find it. He's the one that will speak the encouragement to your heart when you do find yourself alone and you're not with the community he can encourage you 
but he will help bring that dynamic power of that future reality into our lives so we can, again, get a taste, we can experience it. But then I don't want you to miss this last part. Also, God desires to use us. He wants to heal us so we can be healers. He wants to move us into wholeness and health so we can bring that to other people. Now, one final thought. Perfection is not required to participate. Okay? So don't don't get the idea that, yep, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek. And when I have all my things healed and all my problems dealt with, then I'll go and share it with others. There's this concept, and maybe we'll talk about it some other time, of, of being a wounded healer. Sometimes I'm not experiencing it in my life. Don't ever let that be an excuse to not step out and partner with the Holy Spirit to bring it to somebody else. Sometimes that's the key. Sometimes that actually can break. So if I am dealing uh, with, I deal with high blood pressure. I've prayed for other people and seen their high blood pressure like not be high anymore, you know. And and at the same time, I'm asking frequently, you know, can, like, I want to experience that. You know, I mean, it's controlled with medication, but it'd be great to not take the medication. But I'm saying I don't ever want to let that area where I'm still seeking something be an excuse when I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to go and talk to someone or pray for someone. Don't think I can't be used because just as I used that picture before of being a conduit, the fact that I have an area that's unhealed doesn't stop me from being that conduit. God wants to heal people, and if, and if that's what he's doing, I need to say yes, and I need to partner with him, and I need to allow him to, to do that through me and use me to do that, even while I'm still holding this problem that I have in my hands. Fair enough? I know it's not easy, but that's what it says in the book, so that's what we're going to do. All right, would you go ahead and stand? I wanna, We did this last week in the first week of the series. I want us to sort of pray this prayer together out loud. Uh, before we go into worship, and uh, I don't know if we'll do this. I, I guess it's up to Dale if we do this next week because he's preaching. But uh, can we just, as we get ready to transition to worshiping through singing songs to Jesus, we believe here that uh, he actually encounters us. Uh, actually, not just through the worship. I mean, he does. I, I, we, I, many of us experience that regularly, that, that you, you feel encountered or touched as you worship. You can be healed during worship. It doesn't have to be we put our hand on you and pray for you. Uh, but it actually can be any time. Maybe, maybe you get encountered by God during the announcements. You know, it's like it, it, he's always moving. He's always doing something. And we want to expect it and we want to be looking for him. So let's pray this together as we get ready to enter in to a time of worship. Holy Spirit, come. Reveal yourself to us more fully. Birth new life in us. Empower us so that Jesus may be revealed to others, bringing healing and wholeness to us and through us, setting all things to right. Amen.